Greetings and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason. As you know, we get together here every week and discuss issues impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. We bring you the Business of Agriculture because, after all, you could look up crop prices and the weather on your phone. You tune in here because you want interesting dialogue about where this business is heading. And today I've got just a topic that is going to be of interest to you. You know, every business must keep evolving or it goes extinct. That's one of my big points, as you know, if you keep up with my stuff. I talk about reinvention. Uh, I talk to non-agricultural audiences about the need to reinvent, to evolve or face extinction. One category in our industry is the agricultural retailer. You know, if you're like me, you grew up, we went to the co-op. We picked up our fertilizer buggies. We got our crop inputs. We took our corn in to be ground way back before we had our own grinding situation and our own feed mill. You know, these are the things that a an ag retailer did. And if you were really lucky like me, you'd get a 20 cents from the girls at the counter and go grab yourself a chocola out of the pot machine. So the ag retailer is a different situation now because, after all, uh, consolidation has happened at the chemical level, at the fertilizer level, at the manufacturer level, and at the ag retailing level. Also among that, we've got consolidation among farmers. Uh, an ag retailer used to serve maybe 500 different customers, and maybe many of them were a couple hundred acres or had a little livestock operation. What do you do if you're an agricultural retailer? retailer to stay relevant in a rapidly evolving and consolidating marketplace. Decided to bring in just such a business. The owner of this company is Cody Hostler, and one of his lead employees is Paul Raymond. They work for, or own, depending on who you're talking about, Sioux Nation LLC, a Fort Pier, South Dakota company in the space of ag retail. Welcome to the show, Cody and Paul. Paul, you first. What do you do for this company known as Sioux Nation LLC? Good morning. I'm uh, our lead agronomist and work with uh, some of the feed feed sales and crop consulting on the country. Okay, so you're a feed sales guy, you're a crop consulting. What's a crop consultant do for somebody that's listening to this that maybe is in the chicken business and doesn't know what a crop consultant is? So I go around and sell our chemical and, and seed inputs, and then I also go out and scout fields and make recommendations according to what, they, what we see. Okay, you scout a field, and then like the uh, you're out there, you're on 160 acres of sorghum or corn or whatever the product might be, and then you come in and say what? Well, we look for uh, weeds, uh, insects, fungus uh, uh, diseases, and then I make a recommendation for either uh, fungicides, insecticides, anything that, that may fit the fit the role for that issue at the day. We try to solve whatever problems we can for that grower. You're a trained agronomist, which is a soil scientist, right? Absolutely. Okay. So that's been your job. How long have you been there? Uh, going on three years. All right. But you've been in this racket for? Almost a decade. All right. Pass the microphone over to your employer, Cody Hostler. Cody Hostler is a, a young gentleman who's been in this business for a while, but he's been the owner for? I've been the owner at Sioux Nation for five years. And what happened before you? Who was the owner and what was that company looking like? We had uh, two local owners right there in town, um, and they were at the age that they wanted to retire. And uh, they did not want to sell the company off to a big corporation. They wanted to keep it local, find a couple local boys to take over the business. Um, They felt that their customers wanted the old-fashioned, you know, the good good old boy type, like uh, you said, walk in the feed mill, uh, walk in the storefront, uh, and buy a 50-cent pop 
instead <laughs> of going to the convenience store and get it for two bucks. All right. So that's what your role is. You, you were employed there before you bought it, right? Correct. For how long? I was employed there for eight years. Okay, and the place has been around for 35 years. You were employed for eight years, then you bought it, and you've had it for five years. Correct. All right, so here's my question. Ag retail, like I said, when I was a kid, of course you needed them. You, you know, you went there, you got your fertilizer, you went there, you got your chemical, and, and maybe even back then they had some uh, custom applicators. If you said, hey, this field needs sprayed with some uh, insecticide, they would send somebody out and do that. They still do those things, but now we've got a farm base that has their own fertilizer spreader, has their own spray rig uh can order stuff online we can go to farmers business network and order up this stuff we see a rapidly evolving retail space just like the malls are struggling in big cities because of the amazon effect there's going to be a struggle with the ag retailer what are you doing to keep things fresh so five years ago when i purchased the business there was seven employees we have expanded to 17 um currently right now we got into some more things. Um, we kind of based ourselves more off a of service. We have five delivery trucks. We have uh, custom seed cleaners. We also have custom treating facility. And then we have on the farm treating and cleaning. So we kind of went to the grower, to the farmer, um, uh, working hard for that business. All right, so you changed things up, but obviously it's working out for you because you've got now, as you said, you've got 17 employees where you just had seven. One of them is our man Paul Art here. Paul, ask me this. All right, you're out there uh, being a traditional agronomist, uh, but there's, there's plenty of those people. What are you doing to look different? So one of the things that we can focus on at Sioux Nation is we, we actually tie in uh, with cover crops and, and wheat, which is uh, kind of a dying trend with the wheat in our, in our area. However, uh, tying in the cover crops with the feed and the, and the rations uh, all the way around, we can offer a, a service that everybody isn't chasing. And if I could tie in some of my knowledge with that across from just a standard fertilizer application, you know, I, I feel like that keeps me relevant on the farm. Yeah, so if I'm one of these big uh, consolidating agricultural retail units, I just look at uh, how I can just continue to be bigger, buy stuff at volume discount, and then push it out the door. You guys don't have that luxury, or, and you certainly don't have that business model. So you looked at it and said, all right, what can I do to look different? Cover crops. I've been saying, if you listen to my podcast, dear listener, you've already heard me say this, that's the future of agriculture. Our most valuable asset is that which is under our feet in agriculture. Why are we letting it sit barren to be blown away and washed away for eight months of the year, six months of the year? It should have something growing on it. Tell me about your cover crop thing. Is that something you came up with? You saw what was happening. You're a younger guy, and you said, wait a minute, this is where the future is? How does it work? Uh, Cody was kind of the front runner in this for us. Uh, however, it's it's something that we all buy into. Uh, you know, if we can make – it's all about making a dollar on on the acre. So if I can get my, my cash crop out and turn my cows out and get a feed source, we're always trying to make a dollar on that acre for the grower. And really, like say, agronomically with organic matter, compaction issues, all those type of things, runoff, uh, the cover crop offers us an option to prevent those things, help those things, and, of course, keep our hay supply in the yard where it should be for the cold winter snowy days yeah so you sort of uh, pushed this as a business and then you said i've got to become a cover crops expert and almost put you now in a thing where you're pushing a regenerative agriculture which is uh, a newer concept it puts you as opposed to the normal agronomist that says oh yep 
plow it up, and then I'll come back in the spring and test the soil and tell you what uh, what fertilizer to apply, and then I'll come back again in June and July, and I'll tell you what herbicide to put on. You moved into a different role as agronomist. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, an ever-changing business, but yeah, if we can get rid of some of the man-made fertilizers, uh, you know, every cover crop, every root in the ground, every piece of organic, organic matter acts as a sponge uh, for to hold those those fertility elements. Absolutely. We're, we're recreating the soil that, that we believe has been destroyed over the last 20, 30, 40 years of the traditional plow and, and work it and, you know, milk it for everything that it's worth. Now we're trying to, as an industry or especially a Sioux Nation, just rebuild those soils for our growers so, so they can be here being productive and profitable over the long term. Cody, you sort of pioneered this uh, new approach. It, you you said I can't just be the the huge terminal that just brings in trainloads of uh, uh, twelve 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 or uh, fertilizer, uh, and so you said I'm going to do something different. Uh, you, you educate yourself. Uh, you know you you know you didn't probably come up thinking, oh yeah, here's this this thing we're going to bring in cover crop seed because you make money now on cover crop seed. No, exactly. So. What we did as a company, we started five years ago, we started off with a one-ton blender. So we probably did around 100,000 pounds of cover crops that first year. Now, in the last five years, last year we did close to a million pounds of cover crops. We you, brought, sold, you sold a million pounds of cover crop seed. That's correct. To your marketplace, which is roughly, I'm going to say, a 50-mile radius? Well, we cover about a 100-mile radius on the cover crop side. Um, our main base is about a 50-mile radius. Um, but the cover crop, so we brought a unique deal in. Um, we geared up towards that. We went to a 8-ton mixer. Um, now we are actually producing our own cover crop seeds. We're trying to keep them in the state of South Dakota. We're growing our own oats. We're growing our own flax, our radishes, our turnips. We're doing all of that now through contract growing so you went out and said i not only want to sell this seed i might as well become vertically integrated on it so you went to some of your own customers presumably or better yet maybe to somebody that was a prospective customer right okay and then you said hey prospective customer i'd really want you to do business with me and i'll even start by being your customer correct that's what we did we went out found the right growers and this way we can monitor the fields ourselves. i'm not saying that Washington State doesn't grow great radishes I just never got to look at the field and I personally wanted to look at the field knew what weeds were there what what was going on with that guy's soil that type of stuff and then we'd harvest that crop bring it to our plant clean it and uh, make it work and now we've actually got into the wholesale side of business we're starting to sell to other companies with our cover crops. All right, so you are a cover crop producer via contractual production. Then you process it yourself. You bring in that stuff. Flax, which, by the way, I point out all the time, I think is going to be more of a crop 20 years from now. It hasn't been a crop in the United States of America for 150 years. Absolutely. Flax needs to be put in every cover crop. That is my big push. I'm very passionate about flax. Uh, by the way, uh, passion is a, a almost out-of-control emotion. Can you really be uncontrollably emotional over flax? I absolutely can <laughs> for the people listening right now uh i tell everybody i was raised at the end of flax mill road and i said that oh, 200 years ago we produced clearly we produced flax and we had a mill on that road there's no flax nor is there a flax mill in huntington indiana but i believe there will be again you tell me about flax what is it well flax is a 
produces a beautiful flower and which everybody knows with the bee all that we can go into that for hours too but with the bees and the pollination and all the good stuff we have to have bees we have to have flax gives the flowers pollination um, it's just good for everything but it also the straw strength on flax is unbelievable um, they used to take straw and build houses out of flax straw it is the toughest straw known to man um, so that helps like Paul said with erosion control all sorts of that type of stuff instead of having a black field black fallow field all year long blowing away blowing away losing your topsoil that has been produced for thousands of years thousands of years um now we're protecting that all right so you became a uh to be innovative and stay relevant you said all right we're going to get in the cover crop business then you said we're not just going to sell cover crop seed we're going to produce our own cover crop seed then we're going to blend it and bag it you bag it absolutely we tote it bag it bulk it we do any any type dear size. listener he he sounded like he said towed it like he towed it with a tow truck he says tote it go Toted. ahead tell 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 everybody what that means so a tote is a 2000 pound bag that uh, has a bottom that you can open up and use it like a like a funnel or like, like a like a funnel yeah, or a, yeah. yeah very i mean it's it's practical you know of course we want everybody to pick it up in a semi load but not all people can do that yeah i only want a 50 pound bag so i can get it now because you've taken it from 2,000 pounds and off the field and then you've processed it and then you put it in a bag for me absolutely so going back to our first start of the podcast to how are these retailers going to uh make it against the internet world the that type of stuff that's what we're doing we're whether you are a 20 acre farmer or a thousand acre farmer we want your business so we have went back to the old school type i'm gonna skip back here a little bit but we have a storefront we have the old loading dock where your grandpa used to back up throw the tailgate down wheel the cart ahead and and uh we have all that and that's that's what really draws our customers to us. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of going to the co-op when I was a kid, what you just described right there. So you've got a uh, cover crop seed. Uh, you've got Paul going out and walking the fields. Go, go back to Paul here for a second with a microphone. Besides being the agronomist, you said you do something else. What do you do? I uh, crop consulting and, and selling feed. Okay, feed. We haven't even gotten seed. into Oh, you sell seed, too. Absolutely, yep. All, All right, so we're going to go back to Cody here in a minute, but right now, feed. That's kind of the old-fashioned uh, uh, ag retailer. you got feed grinders in there. Who's your customer? An, any local rancher, uh, cattle, pigs, horses. you got livestock. Heck, we sell a lot of dog food and cat food as well. So pretty well anybody with with any type of tell me the split hobbyist you know uh, three acres uh, uh, two horses and a and a sheep for their kids 4-H project is that your business no real live full blown producer all of the above so we do we do anything from 4-H projects and show cattle uh, we feed a, a tremendous amount of buffalo in the area uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cattle whether uh, calf market or, or a fattening market. Uh, we sell it to everybody. Paul, this bothers me that I, I've gotten to where I think I know you a little bit here during this recording, but I'm going to have to report you because I remember when I drove through the uh, National Forest and it says, do not feed the wild animals. The fact that you're going out and feeding these buffalo, I mean, i got to report you now. I mean, you're obviously breaking a law, aren't you? 
You just don't want to get caught. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Who are the buffaloes you're feeding? What's going on? People that are feeding these for uh, for uh, the hobbyists, or are these the ones that I actually, if I go to a place and it says, eat a bison burger? Uh, they, they're going to the commercial market for, for human c- consumption. Got it. So you feed a lot of those. Uh, what's changed just in your few years of being there? What's what's different from my, my agriculture growing up in terms of the feed, the feed business? Uh, as far as the feed business goes, we, you know, a lot of the products made it easier. Uh, you know, it's not the old guessing game of rations. Uh, everything's, everything's very tuned in, very, very specific and a lot less worrisome for the rancher themselves. Cause they, they know kind of what that cow is going to do almost exactly to the pound. So. Cody, uh, you, you said, all right, I'm going to buy this business. There's probably people that said, what in the hell is this guy thinking? He's going to go and buy a business that's dying because we don't need the ag retailer anymore. I'm just going to go on the Internet and order myself up my bag of feed or my jug of glyphosate. And you said, nope, there's opportunity. Absolutely, we did. We, we looked it over, of course, before we made any decision, but we said, I guess it I, I use this word a lot, but we're passionate about that also. I wanted my kids to back the truck up to the loading dock. So that's why we've kept it alive. We think that there is value and service in that um, to see that. And, and we have a retail store right along the highway, okay? And that has you walk up the stairs into the building and you walk in and it just feels like the old time place like you've been there before there's stacks of dog food right in the building there's a vaccine cooler because we do animal health too we're big into animal health you look over and there's uh from calving supplies so you would say that you're the reason that there's these uh drug resistant super bugs is because of you because you're selling all that all that animal health product i mean i can just come in and get five gallons of penicillin and go and and mistreat an animal and that's the reason that now that we got super bugs right it's your fault would you say that (laughs) well i wouldn't say it was my fault but (laughs) we uh we have a vet on hand oh good so one thing about it is when you walk into sioux nation you're talking to somebody you have a person that's an expert or a general expert in that type of product you're not just calling on the internet and ordering the product you will talk to somebody that says you know maybe i would do it this way yep. maybe i would do it this way um or i'd use this product instead of that you use this one last year maybe you should mix it up so expertise consultation is your is your uh your tool what are your tools to stay relevant and stay in demand is that you're saying hey we've got this uh, ability to give you some level of consultation with experience absolutely and i am a big believer in people buy from people mm-hmm. and so whether it's me or paul or we have two other salesmen there at the same you know or it's even the guy that's standing behind the counter he knows every product that we sell all right, so the- and we also service all those products. Have you heard of Gallagher fencing before? I'm not sure if I have or not. So it's the big electric fencers that are put on the place to keep the animals in or out, whatever way you want it. Um, you can go to the local tractor uh, supply, let's say. Yeah, tractor supply. You can go to the tractor supply and buy the same Gallagher fencer as you can at our place. Mm-hmm. But one thing we do is if you have a problem with that fencer, bring it in. We will replace the circuit board, put a new battery in it for you. We'll we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
instead of going back up to tractor supply and they say, well, we got to send this into Gallagher. Yeah. So that is one thing we've really keyed in on. And you still got the issue. When I hear the retailers uh, lament, and I know that this happens, well, yeah, they came in here and tried on my clothes, and then they went home and bought it online. And that's a pretty crappy thing to do. I wouldn't do that because I am of the opinion that, you know, you you do business with the person that you're using their time and their resources. Do you face that? Yes, we do. We face that quite a little. But to counteract that, we, as a local business, we donate to the local 4-H. We donate to the local high schools. You know, we put on, this is another neat thing we do. We ha, You come in, we sell Green Mountain Grills. Have you ever heard of Green Mountain Grills? Yeah, I think I have. They're a smoker grill. So we sell those. We're the only one. We were actually the first one in the state of South Dakota to sell them. But anyways, we do the same thing with them. We service them, we repair them, we clean them, we'll drive to your house, fix them for you, get them running, all sorts of stuff like that. We, we pride ourselves on service and taking care of the customer, and... So we will have one of the grills running during the day right there at the store, throw a dozen hamburgers on it. If somebody comes in at noon, you want a hamburger, we offer hamburgers. We also do a lot of cooks, cooking for uh, the local events. If your son is getting married, uh, you come in, ask us, we will pretty much donate the cooking service. We'll do uh, pulled pork or uh, beef, roast beef, or any of that type of stuff. We do a lot of that stuff for the community. Has it, has it helped you sell some grills? It really has. Yeah. So uh, grills, seed, feed, chemistry. We haven't talked about chemistry much yet. Yep. And and so three years ago, we brought Paul in. I was an agron- assistant agronomy manager at one time for a local co-op, and we brought in the chemistry. We do not have sprayers, and we don't have – we just do – uh, recommendations and then sell to because as you said there's been more and more guys buying their own sprayers buying their own equipment because timing is a big issue yeah so you decided you're not going to be in the custom application business because that's not a space that you think is profitable or you just don't know that you can be big enough or timely enough or what yeah probably timely enough is the big one plus there is a couple other very good uh, custom applicators in town. And you decided let them do it? Let them do it. That's okay. right. We will specialize in Green Mountain Grills, and and we're the only feed mill within a 100-mile radius. Right. So we have a couple things going for us, that, and it keeps us plenty busy. And like you said, we've increased our employees by 10 and tell yeah. me about tell me about growing and then and then in chemistry tell me about your mix uh you sell feed you are the consultant for the agronomy and then you sell chemistry how much of the mix is chemistry i would say you know we for me it's about 40 percent for yeah. the overall business you know it's 10 percent, but we but 10%. we sell about anything you can imagine i mean like we said fencing to grills the seed whatever but you need to mic on the chemistry level we go clear down to the person right in town yeah that has a half acre lot and needs to yeah. needs to know what to what to use and they, they went to tractor supply and all they got was confused That's right. <laughs> you know if you come in you know for us like i said knowledge is kind of the key if you come in we even do cover crops in people's gardens so if you come in and say look i'm having issues with this my my soil is this and you want to build that soil, build the organic matter, make that soil rich and full and, and able to uh, support whatever you're trying to grow for your family's table, we can help 
manipulate that soil with cover crops and not just not just commercial fertilizers to actually make the 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 soil quality better and so we we do a lot of that work including with uh joined with the state and and some of their research we'll we'll supply some you know some flax or some peas or some oats for people to plant after they take their garden out that's fantastic i'm gonna make that recommendation to my wife and her friends that do the garden because they still are old school and think you should take the vegetables out by uh early october and then you gotta rototill it and i said oh this goes kind of against my my soil agronomy side instead of protecting the soil you're tearing it all up what's your challenge I mean, we know what the challenges are. It's a marketplace that continues to evolve. What's your challenge? You mentioned it a little while ago. You've got the bigs. What else What else challenges you? You know, as far, we, we try to always be moving forward in some of these uh, cover crop blends and, and feed and everything else. There's always lots of competition. Uh, the, the big challenge in me is, is the growing change of our, of our customers and our growers in a whole. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting away from grandpa running it and getting down to the, the grandkids running it. And every generation does their own thing a little different. So, so for us, a, a big challenge is in order to uh, stay relevant with them and, and change our mindset to fit what their goals are. Because clearly farming's changed over the last 30, 40, 50 years. Paul, how old are you? About 30? 30, yep. All right. So the person that's your age is the most is the most uh, willing to just go online and buy inputs. Uh, the person your age is also the most, it seems for me, uh, from my perspective, most uh, convinced that they don't need an expert because they read something online. I mean, we, we hear, and I'm not bashing on your generation. It's just a difference of 20, 30, 40 years ago, you didn't just go and research online. You didn't have it on your phone. So you had to go to a library, find a resource book, use that resource book to find two other resource books, read the books, check them out from the library. Now a person just says, pushes the microphone button, says, Siri, what is a cover crop that I need for my garden? And then they, uh, the thing says it. You're selling knowledge to a group of people that think that they're knowledgeable. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, technology information's at our fingertips. There's no doubt about it. Uh, what I oftentimes have to tell people is let's, let's talk cover crop and growing it locally. Cody talks about uh, getting seed from people that we know grow it and, and myself and a couple of my colleagues look at these fields. Let's, let's talk nasty weeds. Well, you have Palmer or something in your field. We don't want it because we don't want to put it in your field and your neighbor's field and the next guy's field. If you buy seed out of, I'm just going to say Texas for an example, and you don't know that guy, call Amazon, see what they can help you with because you've got a bunch of weeds in your, in your five-pound Yeah, find someone seed. at Amazon that knows what Palmer Amaranth even is. Okay. I mean, so that's, right. that's why I say there's knowledge. You can figure it out, figure out what you're talking about. But when you get in a tough bind, we can solve the problem and we can say, look, we looked at this field, we documented this field, we did all these things, or we've used these chemicals, not, you know, just some yeah, you, 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 you you've got you've got a better track record and a better defensible story that we actually know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, Cody, challenges. All right, we know that retailing's tough. We know that we've got the issue with uh, online, et cetera, et cetera. What do you what do you look at? What are your challenges right now? I guess as an owner of a company, my biggest challenge is uh employment and you can talk to anybody whether it's a walmart of the world or or a ma and pa it doesn't matter 
employment is the hardest thing on an owner of a business because you can't get employees that you want because uh, because they uh, they don't show up because you train them and they leave. What's the problem? Quality people are hard to find. There's no doubt about it. That's um, a that's a, a common argument or lament or complaint, if you will, uh, as things have been roaring here for the last five to six years, three to four years, I guess. Uh, Pierre, South Dakota, which is right across the river from Fort Pierre, uh, is the smallest state capital in the United States. The reason it's there and the reason that people are there is because of the capital. You either work for the government or you farm. Right. There's agriculture and there's government. That's the only things keeping Pierre, South Dakota alive. There's no college. There's no nothing there. Right. So help, especially summer help. Full-time help, it doesn't matter. Help is hard to find. The local Walmart in town, we have a fairly good-sized Walmart in town. I think Pier is 16,000 people. Uh, Walmart ships two busloads of people from Sioux Falls <laughs> to stock the shelves on the weekend because we don't have enough people have to enough do employees. It. By the way, for your listeners, uh, you probably have seen the town's name if you play the state capital game with your children, and you probably called it Pierre, because everybody that doesn't live in the state of South Dakota would call it the French name that it is, Pierre. But if you're a South Dakotan, you call it Pierre, like the thing you run and jump off of into a lake. All right. Uh, challenges people. What are, gets you excited when you look to the future? You've already, you, you know, for five years, you're growing. You've got employees. You're tackling new stuff. You obviously are innovative. You don't back away from the challenge, uh, it doesn't look like. You are willing to try new things. What are you excited about in the next five years? The next five years, what I'm excited about, I guess, is um, we're expanding into more of that growing our own seed we're doing more of that that's exciting um we also run a feed mill so we're having growers grow corn for us so we've created another market in central south dakota for that purpose so you're going to take their corn and then put it through a blender or a mixer and and then make up a, a ration and then sell it back absolutely value so added at, at one time we would buy 50-pound bags of corn from wherever we could find it, and now we're doing that locally. Got it. Uh, what excites you when you look to the future, Paul? A uh, 30-year-old guy working for a small independent retailer, what excites you? You know, I've been excited uh, with the things that I've learned since I've come to Sioux Nation. As I came from a, a, a large agronomy center, um, you know, nationwide agronomy center, and the, and the neat thing to me is the more – the more time, the more I'm involved, the more I, I see how this works and I see how, how some of these small companies are still around and we can still make it work. All right. Speaking of still being around, Cody, uh, future. Is there going to be a second location of Sioux Nation? Um, I would say there definitely is going to be. Um, we've actually looked at a couple places already. Um, we have... Guys that are 100 miles away from another town have approached us. Uh, it would sure be nice if you were in our town and we didn't have to drive over. Yeah. I mean, it makes you feel good that they do drive over. I mean, there's no doubt about where's your it. Growth, where's your growth going to come from categorically? Probably not chemistry. You're okay with being a chemistry person, uh, but you that's not your real strength. You uh, Feed is, is there now. Feed's a big strength. Uh-huh. Feed's a definitely a big strength, and that's probably... The feed 
and the cover crop type stuff is probably where our growth is heading. Um, as you well know, with employees, I mean, these smaller towns outside of here, I mean, you got to drive to 200 miles to Rapid to get to another kind of progressive town. Again, that's Rapid City, dear listener, that they don't call its full name. They're very interesting up here in South Dakota. Yes. Yes, Rapid City. Yes, right. Okay. Um, so we will probably at one point expand to another town. Yes. Got it. All right. His name is Cody Hostler, and his employee is named Paul Raymond. They've been joining him here talking about how they, in a space that you probably thought was rapidly changing, because it is, how are they staying relevant? How are they staying profitable? Not only are they staying profitable, they're growing. They're at Sioux Nation LLC. Closing thoughts, anything on the way out the door? Well, I just appreciate this opportunity that you have given us today. Talk about something that a lot of people say, man, that's changing, but you're, you're changing right with it and keeping it relevant. Yep, we're trying the best we can. And, Paul, anything closing thoughts out the door? You know, like Cody said, we appreciate the opportunity to kind of speak our point of view on some of these topics. And, uh, you know, we, we encourage anybody to call and ask questions, uh, local or not. We, we like to talk about, about what we're doing. Good deal. I've already decided I'm going to be a customer and buy a bag of flax off you. We'll talk about that off there. His name is Cody Hostler. His, uh, his, his cohort's name is Paul Raymond. Check him out at Sioux Nation. If they want to find you, do you have a website? Well, the big thing is you can follow us on Facebook. That is probably one of our biggest ways to follow us. Uh, Sioux Nation LLC in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. All right, we're going to do it. Check him out. Until next time, it's the Business of Agriculture podcast.